Hey there guys, I'm your new host. Welcome to Ouch My Thirties. I'm Britishman, British Australian. This is retarded. Hey guys, another word I'm told on. I'm not allowed to say retarded and I'm not allowed to say gay apparently. And let me tell you, as a red-blooded American, I'm going to say both often. I'll tell you what's really gay. That, uh, that meme of the uh, naked Native American and the naked slave holding each other and like the slave is saying it hurts. And like the Native American says, I know. That is the gayest fucking meme. And I mean gay not as a pejorative towards people who happen to like people of the same sex. I mean gay as in gay. Uh, cool, I just lost 18 of you, whatever. Uh, no, because like all these, again, my overarching uh, issue with most activism, particularly as it relates to African Americans, is that it's so infantilizing and emasculating it's like to assume that like black people don't have strength and the ability to like handle shit you know some fucking lesbian made some oh, you're so angry uh look at that mean you know why, why are they naked that's that's why it's gay <laughs> they're both naked it's a naked native american and a naked Af uh slave hugging in the field talking about how much oppression hurts naked like can we put some pants on first before we Challenge the patriarchy, the white male patriarchy? Look it up. You'll know what I'm talking about. Hey, guys. Welcome to Ouch My 30s. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm doing not too bad. I'm actually doing pretty okay. Um, I think the last episode, I was in a lot of pain. I kind of took a couple weeks off because some like physical therapist like fucked up my neck by being too aggressive and not hearing me and listening to my pain, um, which is very important in your 30s to stand up for yourselves and to articulate when something doesn't feel good. Or maybe this is something you all learned when you were seven from uh, creepy uncles that your parents warned you about. Uh, I didn't learn that lesson until 34. Uh, but now I'm feeling a lot better. Went back to my old physical therapist. Shout out to Lori and a Moriarty physical therapy, keeping Duval in peak condition. Uh, I just came back from the gym, did some leg presses, buys, tries, lats, traps. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I haven't drank in two days. Guys, Duval might be making progress. I feel good. I'm just horny as fuck. Uh, because you can't just, you know... Well, I know Natasha, I know you're listening, but, you know, you don't fucking, you know, try to make plans with me anymore, so it's all good. Um, uh, so, yeah, I've been doing these outdoor comedy shows, and they've been weird, but really fun. Uh, the first two kind of sucked, just because, like, I just didn't have that muscle back. Um... But I'm going to break down doing outside comedy. Um, people don't realize that stand-up comedy, A, requires reps. You just have to do it. I'm used to doing stand-up at least every night, once a night. Uh, that's where, you know, you get your your rhythm, your your timing. It's just, that's how you do it. You, it's not like, you can't be like some fucking depressed, uh, tattooed uh, guitarist with red wing boots, strumming in his bedroom, getting good alone, and then going out to some shitty cafe and then playing and all these fucking farmer girls swooning, uh, swooning over you. You can't do that as a comedian. You got to go out and suffer in front of people. And people think that like comedians care when they bomb. It's like, no, you people are just cattle. I'm just running these jokes through you until they're good enough for a place that matters. Uh, so the first two weeks kind of sucked, but then, uh, they got better. And recently, so I was on the corner and this woman was across the street on her phone, this old lady, old white lady. And I jokingly said, whoa, lady, put your phone away. Don't call the cops. This isn't a Black Lives Matter protest. And I didn't realize she was like a, a wine drunk, pilled out old white lady. 
So she like proceeded to like charge me. Like she closed the distance between us, which was like 50 feet in a matter of seconds. And I was like, whoa, lady, social distancing, please like chill out. And she said, oh, that's a bunch of crap. The whole thing's a hoax. And then proceeded to literally chase me on this corner I was on in circles. And I had to like juke her. I had to use like, uh, I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, uh, Kobe Bryant juke moves to like get her off, get her off my tail. And she was like a spry, like seven year old lady. And then she said she wanted to like turn me into an eagle and make me a star and all this crazy shit. Uh, so that's where stand up is at for me right now. And then, uh, oh, and then, but then like later on this like old dude, I think either that night or the next night I do it Fridays and Saturdays. It's like, you know, this small fucking Northern exposure groundhogs day town that I live in. Uh, you know, no one has anything to do with themselves. They just gradually start to lose their minds, myself included. But this dude comes out and he's just some old piece of shit dude who does nothing. Uh, and he's like, Duval, look, you know, I need to talk to you. And I said, what? He said, I need to talk to you. Like scolding me. I was like, nigga, I don't know you. He just knows me like from this fucking coffee shop that I sell my book at, How to Manage Your Girlfriend's White Guilt. Um, and he's like, look, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm like, I don't care if you appreciate it or not. He's like, but, uh, you know, look, I'm a writer. And, you know, every Friday, you know, you're out here. I'm like, for 20 minutes at 7 p.m. on a Friday. Why aren't you out doing something? He's like, well, look, I just need you to... Anyway, long story shorter. He uh, just, like, wanted me... I don't know what he wanted. I'm like, I, I told him. I looked him in the eyes. I was like, uh, well, I'm going to be here every Friday and Saturday for 20 minutes. So if you can't figure out something to do, you old piece of shit, like, go smoke a blunt, fuck your wife, or go for a walk, because I will be here every Friday and Saturday. And he's also like, okay, well, I just want you to, to ignore... I'm like, you are the perfect metaphor for what's wrong with this country. Like, old white dudes who, like, can't handle not being in control, like, every aspect of, like, every moment of their lives. It's like, it's a new day. Uh, young brown men. Like, and I'm sure if it was a Black Lives Matter protest and I was flipping over a car, he'd be fine with it. But the fact that I'm, like, I'm a Negro speaking my mind, he's like, oh, I don't want that. Like most white liberals. <laughs> Sorry, I had a lot of coffee. Um, but overall, the outside comedy has been really good. Um, you know, one night I sat at this, uh, you know, all this shit's outside. So I just go to bars and stand in front of them. Uh, they don't really have a choice. And at one bar, I just sat down with my like mobile microphone and PA and just like talk to people. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just real cash getting the muscle back. Uh, it can be a little depressing because, you know, this uptight town, people don't really want to like have the mirror held up to them because I talk a lot about gentrification and why are we listening to rich white women when they're just as bad as the white men who, uh, you know, are funding their, you know, gallivants into home ownership and displacement. Which leads me to my next topic uh, in this small upstate town. And I don't want this podcast to be too regional, but I think the issues that I talk about here reflect really anywhere uh, in the United States right now, anywhere outside a major metropolitan city. Um, so this new like co-working space opened and it's got like some fuck off like, you know, bougie Mumford and Sons, Mumford and Sons like branding. It's, it's called Barn Fox. You know, it's some fucking, you know, this shit that like rich white liberals like. It's like, oh, you know, we'll pretend to be farmers. Okay. Uh, I belong to you. You belong to me. Like all that, that fucking nightmare lifestyle. And uh, yeah, it's like this lavish. Uh, actually, you know, you're at a computer. Let's bring it up. 
So it's a members only uh, co-working space, as I said. And let's just quickly read the description here, the experience. Clubhouse, cozy, modern, and thoughtfully designed. The Barn Fox Clubhouse is a beautiful space found in places elsewhere. Shut the fuck up. Work, connect, and play with an inspiring community of like-minded creatives where no poor people will be allowed. <laughs> Doesn't say that part. Always supplied with fiber optic internet, work in lounge spaces, private meeting rooms, as well as complimentary coffee and kombucha bar. Uh, so, you know, it's a co-working space like any other, and that's fine, I suppose. But given the fucking situation that we currently find ourselves in, you know, a global pandemic, economic downturn for a lot of people, not all people, obviously, uh, poor people are, are, poor people are doing horrible, rich people are doing great. Uh, one member, so this is the membership page, one membership, all destinations. Membership includes access to all Barn Fox locations, events, and services. Our mission is to liberate your lifestyle to work gather, and play from anywhere in the world. We're rich white people who hate Trump, but we're going to fucking act like we're completely different from him and his beliefs somehow. Application approval process. To ensure a diverse and thriving community of only rich white people, experience for our members, all applicants are subject to a two-step approval process. There are no fees to apply. Uh... Resident membership. Resident membership is ideal for those who live in the proximity of a Barn Fox location and would like to have any time usage. $325 per month or $2,500 a year. Dedicated desk space. You don't even get a desk for that. You just get to like mill around in some fucking uh, dystopian bad guys from Beetlejuice living room uh, co-working space. Uh, $450 a month for a dedicated uh, desk. Weekender membership, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, these people are opening this thing up in Uptown Kingston, and they, they're they not a part of the community. They clearly just saw a good real estate deal, uh, moved up here, and are completely tone deaf, completely tone deaf to the reality of people uh, who are very slowly, or rather rapidly, being pushed out of Kingston. Now, I am not anti-gentrification. I'm not anti-development. I'm not anti-capitalism. But what I am anti are people who portend to be somehow... Uh, so completely different than evil, quote unquote, Republicans or Trump supporters or, you know, capitalism. You know, everyone wants to be a goddamn like socialist or anti-fascist capitalist. But they're the same people who open shit like this and uh, are a part of it. Uh, remote membership. So you just apply just to <laughs> this is so fucking good. Uh, you can't actually physically come here, but you can pretend and you'll pay us. They posted on Facebook or uh, Instagram that they were launching, and I think most locals didn't know about it. And they are getting obliterated on uh, Instagram from locals and people who are justifiably like, uh, why the fuck do we need something like this right now? Like, you're just a part of the goddamn problem. Uh, I'm going to read some of the comments because they're fucking gold. Timing is really weird for a mon monument to gentrification. Uh... Please stop pushing locals out. Time for the second burning of Kingston. Uh, you are just the latest in a long line of businesses designed to exploit the Kingston area while providing services locals don't want or can't afford. So just sign, just sell yourself to Davos and kindly piss off. Uh, so blah, blah, blah. It's like a billion of these uh, posts of them roasting that I'm really trying to find the uh, response. They're like, what do they say? They're like, we hear you. So it's just... 
these are the people, you know, they, they, these are the people who quietly get a pass in our culture who, you know, they grow out a mustache, they get some tattoos, they wear some tattered clothing and boots uh, from an Army Navy store. But meanwhile, they're buying $400,000 real estate uh, properties and then creating these fucking uh, financially inaccessible uh, cabals for them and their like-minded rich liberal assholes to come together and uh, be exclusive in, you know? And then they think that that has no effect on the local uh, community that they're a part of. And they think that that doesn't displace and affect people of color. Uh, and fuck people, not just people of color, poor people. Poor white people, poor black people, poor Latinos, poor people in this town who once again are going to get fucking gutted. And again, you know, gentrification and development isn't all a bad thing. But if you keep doing it in this way where you let these subversive fucks slither in and you know sip their espresso and pretend like they're not you know as economically dangerous and socially dangerous as a quote-unquote trump supporter that's the problem you know there's a deep hypocrisy in these types of you know supposedly progressive enclaves that uh you know do as much damage or probably more than some fucking redneck and an all lives matter protest that i'll never meet you know or or, or will never come to the hood or will never interact with me you know it's like we have the Kyle Rittenhouses and that other sack of shit who murdered those people in that South Carolina church. Yes, acts of white superiority violence do happen, but those don't happen as much as these very quiet, carefully constructed, artisanal uh, social rape centers, which is what they are. Don't quote me on that. They, they sounded like the fucking lawyer in Jurassic Park. Well, um... We'll, we'll, we'll do a coupon day. You know, <laughs> like, they're horrible. So these people don't give a fuck about people who have been trying to create a livelihood and future for themselves here. And then all of a sudden, when a biocatastrophe happens and these biogentrifiers realize that New York City was bullshit all along, and when they're done ruining that, they're going to come up here and do the same thing again. So, uh, you know, the line must be drawn here! It's a quote from Star Trek First Contact when Picard is trying to stop the Borg. Uh... So a white guy with a rich white building is going to decide who and who cannot have access to his precious little uh, Barn Fox enclave. So fuck you, Barn Fox, and suck my dick. Fuck you, piss-ass, dookie motherfucker. Um, but there's a real beauty in seeing how the community of Kingston, which I have a contentious relationship with, like this place is ridiculous, but... It's, it's I'm, you know, here's one thing I can get behind white people getting behind, you know, is like, you know, I, I always kind of am suspect when white people are just like, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Like, we got to we got to smash the patriarchy and stop cops who, uh, you know, although we benefit from the patriarchy and we'll definitely call cops if too many black people congregate in our neighborhood. Um, but seeing them like actually rise up to challenge something uh, is good. Uh, I really want to find Barn Fox's response to this shit because it is hilarious. They're like, look, I think they literally said, like, but we have local kombucha. We're part of the community. <laughs> um, we're not your getaway. You come in here and create an exclusive high-end space designed for wealthy non-residents. Pretend you're supporting the community. You're participating in its destruction, helping... Trans helping transition Kingston from a community of actual people who live and work here into another destination for NYC folks to come take Instagram photos and then leave, uh, says someone, again, on Instagram, speaking of this piece of shit place. Um, God, I really want to find a response. But anyway, so, you know, I mean, that's another day in paradise here. Uh, <laughs> but fucking A, man, these people truly have no self-awareness. 
And I met this dude, you know, the guy who's like a co-starting it or whatever. I was sitting at this uh, high and expensive hotel restaurant bar. And before you try to criticize me, I'm a nigga from Harlem who has been fighting his whole life to uh, keep his head above water, okay? I just happen to operate in the same enclaves as these rich fucks so I can get mines for my people. And I guarantee, that's a personal guarantee, it will be a return. That's like Denzel Washington and Bernie Sanders. I guarantee it will be a personal guarantee for the niggas in the hood. And I guarantee... All right. Uh... So, but I'm sitting there talking to him, and he's just like, you know, snapping his fingers, being like, you know, it's going to be a cool space for cool cats. You know, we don't, we won't have too many of those pores here. Well, I don't know. It's just, again, these, no one like battles these things. People just like let them happen. And it's like uh, cops and fucking neo-Nazis and shit like that doesn't affect me as much on a daily basis. And frankly, does not affect African-Americans as much on a daily basis, a daily basis, not undermining police brutality or racism in this country, but economic racism, social racism, is so much more prevalent and damaging and immediately threatening than, uh, like, and, and then the form of places like this. It's a literal fucking citadel for the rich, and across the street is like a $600 a night hotel. That again, these in and of themselves are not bad things, because let's be honest, daddy loves going to these kind of places. <laughs> but not at the expense uh, of an entire community, and more importantly, that these smug fucks who are, are patently aware of the fact that they're able to capitalize off of other people's economic uh, downfall, downturn, uh, daddy's getting lightheaded, yelling some, he's <laughs> fucking frothing at the mouth here, I don't know, so back to my, back to me, <laughs> uh, doing stand-up comedy, um, yeah, it's like, I wish I could just talk about, like, dick jokes and funny sex stories, but when I get out there, all I want to do is yell about is gentrification and rich white girls with 1970s Annie Hall slacks on with their hands in their pockets walking around pretending like they didn't just buy two houses and they're preparing to help assist in the further uh, diaspora of African Americans and poor people in neighborhoods like this as they're forced out once again somewhere else. Black Lives Matter, just not here. Anything else good happened to me? Uh, I see a lot of girls on Tinder who uh, <laughs> their fucking profiles are like scientist, like their job says scientist, which I believe, but I also don't. Like I don't like I need more information. Like like people are just she's just like yes, I am a scientist. And I'm like, it was five times five million. She's like twenty five million. I was like, oh damn, she am a scientist. Hey, you ever seen a flying saucer? No, that's just a stupid joke. Um, oh, and then finally, back to gentrification. I was, again, on the same street corner, I, I literally heard a guy on the phone, you know, some fuck with, with the shorts that like, not the, not the, not the seven inch, but the five inch shorts. You know what I'm talking about. He goes, um, well, I would evict them as soon as possible, giving the tenants a bit of time to move out. Because the buyer really wants to buy. Literal overheard sentence. Guys, we are under attack. Uh, oh God, it's, just, it's just like, am I the only one? All right. Well, Kingston's on notice, guys. Get ready. Uh, and if, the, if you're listening to this and you're somewhere else, if, uh, you know, 
whether you're in a neighborhood of a larger city or you're in a small community outside of a city, batten down the hatches because the rich, they just figured out that they can't be as uh, giving with their land they've allowed us to be on. You know, they're tightening their, they're tightening up the ship and they're solving for X. And that X is uh, honkies and Negroes with not a lot of money. So uh, prepare yourselves, guys. They are coming for your lunch. How long was this? 20 minutes? Yeah, that's good enough. Hey, uh, ouch, my 30s. I hope you bought a house already.